author's preface of of the love of god this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear author's preface the holy spirit teaches us that the lips of the bride that is his church are as scarlet and as honeycomb so that all may clearly understand that her doctrine is altogether holy love love scarlet as the blood of the bridegroom who kindles it sweeter than honey through his ineffable grace even so when the heavenly bridegroom first gave the law of his new covenant to man he sent tongues of flame to kindle the chosen disciples whose office it was to promulgate the same as a token that the gospel when preached was destined to kindle all hearts look at a flight of pigeons in the sunshine see how their colors change according to the light in which you see them and that because their feathers are so apt to receive those glowing hues and the sun is so fain to mingle its rays therewith that an endless sheen of tints ensues more lovely than precious stones even as the royal prophet says covered with silver wings and feathers like gold psalm sixty eight verse thirteen just so the church is adorned with a marvellous variety of admirable treatises sermons and books in which the sun of righteousness mingles his bright rays with the glowing hues which flow from the rich plumage of his mystic dove and prevailing above all tints and tones gilding all saintly wisdom and eloquence is the pure gold of divine love in the church of god all is of love in love to love and for love yet just as we know that all daylight comes of the sun and yet we are wont only to say that the sun shines when its actual rays rest on a spot so while all christian doctrine comes of divine love we do not apply the term indiscriminately to all theology but only to such portions thereof as specially treat of the origin nature operations and specialty of love many writers have treated this subject with great power especially those early fathers who served god lovingly and spoke freely of his great love gladly do we listen to saint paul who learned his lessons of love in paradise itself or to saint thomas whose treatise is worthy of its author st bonaventura and denis the carthusian have written on the subject and gerson chancellor of the university of paris has written a work of which sixtus of siena says that it appears as though he alone had been admitted into the privy council of god's heart moreover in token that a loving soul is more apt to such studies than the wisest of men it has pleased god to permit certain women such as saints catherine of genoa and of siena 
St. Angela di Foligny, and St. Matilda to produce very remarkable utterances concerning divine love. And in our own time, there have been works deserving mention of which I have personally but a superficial knowledge. My present work, while following in the track of all these, contains matter not to be found in any of them, as assuredly they possess many beauties which are not here. My special attention has been different from theirs, save in the general aim of promoting divine love. I have merely sought to set the origin, growth, slackening, and working, the peculiarities and blessings of God's love, simply and plainly before my readers. And if aught else be there, it is but as the excrescences, which are not easily avoided by one writing like myself amid sundry distractions. Yet even these may have their use, since even nature herself brings forth so many leaves and tendrils, as well as grapes, that most vines need pruning. Men are wont to deal harshly with authors, and to pass hard sentences on them. There are many foolish authors, and over-severe critics. A kindly reader is most likely to profit. And with a view to conciliation, let me here explain one or two points which might possibly offend. It may be thought by some that I have said too much, and that it was needless to go so much to the root of the matter. But divine love seems to me to be like the herb called angelica, whose roots are as aromatic as its leaves and stalks. My first four books, and some other parts, might indeed have been omitted on behalf of those who seek merely to practice the love of God. But they will find help therefrom nevertheless. Others may think that I have omitted too much, but in truth I have sought to adapt myself to the needs of our time, for surely it is important to study the period for which one is writing. I have not always pointed out the connection of chapters, but it will not be difficult to trace the links. When I published The Devout Life, the Archbishop of Vienne, Pierre de Viard, complimented me, among other things, upon the brevity of my chapters, observing that just as a traveler will turn aside to see some beautiful garden a few yards off when he would not go further, so they who know they will soon reach the end of a chapter are not unwilling to begin it, though, were it long, they would turn aside. My object is to help the devout soul to advance in devotion, and therefore I have been constrained to enter upon some points not commonly studied, which may seem somewhat abstruse. The groundwork of knowledge is always more or less difficult, and there are not many divers who are ready to seek their pearls from the depths of the ocean. But if you boldly face the difficulty, you will be like those divers of whom Pliny says that they see the sun's light best from the deepest ocean, and you will find light shine upon the hardest parts of my book. 
i have touched upon various theological questions but without any controversial mind making use less of what i have learned in argument than what my efforts in behalf of souls and twenty-four years preaching the gospel lead me to believe most profitable to the good of the church i do not profess to be an author my capacity and the manner of my busy life do not admit of it therefore i have written little and published less nineteen years ago when the protestant minister of thonon declared that the catholic article concerning the real presence in the eucharist was contrary to the analogy of faith i was entrusted with a brief reply in nineteen years one learns and unlearns many things the language of war is not that of peace and one must needs speak differently to young beginners or to old comrades here i am addressing those who are far advanced in the spiritual life we have in this town a congregation of women who having left the world live together for the service of our lord under the protection of his blessed mother and while their purity and devotion have often greatly helped me i have sought in return to help them both by sermons and spiritual instructions generally delivered before sundry religious and other men of eminent piety on these occasions i have had occasion to handle the most delicate spiritual subjects and much here set forth owes its origin to this source the mother of that society having continually urged me to use my brief intervals of leisure to this end my attachment to her is so great that she had no small influence with me in the matter i had long intended to write somewhat concerning divine love but not at such length as i have here done it was said of old that phidias represented nothing so well as the gods or apelles as alexander one is not always equally successful if i fall short herein good reader be patient and god will bless your study it is in this mind that i have dedicated my book to the mother of dilection and the father of pure love as i have dedicated the introduction to the devout life to that holy child who is the saviour of those who love and the love of them that be saved god bless you dear reader and enrich you with his holy love Annecy, the festival of the most loving apostles saints peter and paul sixteen sixteen dieu soit beni end of author's preface